hey, my name is Kara, and I love rom-coms. Hey, whoa, my name's Jaren, and I like it when the eyes sparkle. Whoa! Hey, Jaren, you know what we both like? That would be the natural charm of being poor. Bodacious. And this is... Just, Just Kiss Already! Uh, hey, Jaren, I'm thinking of a number one through ten. What is it? Four. You're correct. I always pick four. I always kind of, I had a moment of pride because I was like, Kara always picks four. I do always pick four. Do you know what we're doing today? No. Well, well today we watched episode four. Oh my God. <laughs> you did it. I thank you so much. Oh. I actually have a habit of doing that lately. My habit has been anytime I play rocks, paper, scissors, I just pick paper. Really? Yeah. Every single time that we rehearsed for our improv show. I picked paper every single time, and I don't think anybody noticed. I always lead scissors. I, and then that, and I don't lead paper. No, I no. only pick You paper. only paper. I always lead scissors. That's so interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, but we were just, like, doing it every time, and in my head, I was like, I'm only ever going to pick And I've just started doing that constantly. That and I think funny. the only person who noticed was Chris, because he tried to play me six straight games, and he noticed I was picking paper every time. That's pretty good. <laughs> That because uh, I feel like you and I do this a lot, yes. where we do comedy for zero audience. Exactly. We are just <laughs> the existing. audience isn't even myself. Yeah. Just... We are we are performing for people who there's a there's a two percent chance of they'll notice. Yes. Because uh, I was on stage with a line of people recently for a thing, and uh-huh. the game I started playing with myself was I had a shirt with a pocket on it, I had jeans with two front pockets and two back pockets, uh-huh. and while everyone else was talking, I was last in line. I would take the keys from one pocket and go, oh. Like, I was surprised to see my keys. And then I would transfer the pocket. So it would go, like, front left to back oh, no. left. And then I would take my right hand and go around the back to my back left pocket <laughs> and go, oh, keys, and put them in my shirt pocket. Oh, my and then God. wait two seconds and take them out of my shirt pocket and put them in a different pocket. <laughs> I just love advancing the idea of... Because it's, it's kind of like a well-known thing to many of my friends that if I ask to pick a number one through ten, it will be four. Mm-hmm. I never pick anything else. It is always four. Um, and now I'm getting into the, if I'm playing rock, paper, scissors, I will always pick paper and nothing else. And I'm wondering where else I can apply. Like, I'm thinking about starting to play, like, I haven't played tic-tac-toe in a hot minute, but what if every single time I only pick certain space? What if every time you picked any space in tic-tac-toe, you went, hmm. <laughs> it's an amateur mistake. <laughs> I push up my, I take out glasses and put yeah. them on so I can push every them up. Every move. And- because you can only have about eight moves in a game of tic-tac-toe. Yes, you just exactly. put another pair of glasses on top of the last exactly. one. Exactly. I just pile up glasses. Would that make you the glasses boy option in a dating game? Um, you know what? Would it? I bet it would. <laughs> I bet. I, is it possible to be even more glasses boy than the traditional glasses boy route? I'm just picturing somebody pushing up on the bridge of their glasses, and it's like four pairs all going click, 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 yeah. and shining. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yes, we watched episode four of Oran High School Host Club today. We yeah. did it. Um, and, oh boy. This was... This was I, a, this is a very good one, isn't it? This is the one where I was like, all right, thesis statement achieved. <laughs> uh, so the, the, it opens with dating game footage and I yes. was I was immediately thrown back. We're in. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> I have so much like schema for dating games. I had a friend who was super into them, a friend, oh, yeah. a friend who was making one at one point. Oh, that's awesome. And they would let me uh play some of the dating games that they had on their computer. Ooh. So I was super into uh Katawa Shoujo at one point. Ooh. Uh which was just a straight up dating game that I mm-hmm. super loved. Uh 
Uh, do you do you have any like dating game schema? I love dating games. Um, Ooh. I actually this all started so I from a young age found out that I really love choose your own adventure games, Very which good. are kind of like the blueprint of a dating game. It's, <laughs> it's essentially something is happening, your choices affect the, the story. The adventure is romance. Ex- exactly. <laughs> now I'm dating somebody. Um, but from an early age, I would find them like online. Like I would search choose your own adventure. I would play through them. Mm. Um, and actually, when I was in high school, uh, and you had the like the the graphing calculators. Oh. I rented one one year instead because if you buy it, they're like eighty dollars or whatever. So I rented one, um, and when I opened it, whoever had it last didn't clear it. So they had a bunch of programs on there, and one of the programs on there was a choose your own adventure that they had created. They had not finished, and so I finished the choose your own because I basically just read the code and was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to do this. That's so- that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. How. <laughs> you know like if dude if you're out there and you program to choose your own adventure game into a calculator your legacy was fulfilled the blueprint for me and i just kind of like because i I would get to a thing and it would crash and so i would go into the program and read like find where it crashed (laughs) and then i would just like add a thing for it and so i just kind of like amended this i coded without knowing it's on i have this ongoing thing where i'm like i come from a family of software engineers and i'm constantly (laughs) trying to escape it and like i was coding in high school um recently as you know my my path of study is linguistics and i uh, about a year ago took a class that uh like day one she sat us down and she was like so in this class we're going to be working with language analysis software and i learned how to code language analysis uh-huh. so, and i was like god damn it i can never <laughs> i can never be free You're getting sucked back in um but that was kind of the early start and then uh, i found a couple of like the phone apps you know the mm. there there were a couple more generic ones that were called either like choice or episode (laughs) Episode. that were like um like people would like use or submit them so sometimes they'd be broken and sometimes they wouldn't be nice um and now most recently i've been uh very into monster prom Ooh, and i love monster prom i have heard great (laughs) things about monster prom i'm a big from you (laughs) i love it very much they actually released a summer camp one that i need to uh i need to play See, now this conversation has made me, I really want to make a dating game. Because, <gasps> like, you, you know Mystic Messenger, where it's like the, the thing of the game is that you're actually texting these boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want one like that, but it's you with your roommates, and you get texts <laughs> at 3 a.m. They're like, hey, did you do the dishes? Oh, and if no. you don't respond to it, it's like, hey, did you do the dishes? It's oh, your turn God. on the chart. Oh, no. Hey, I'm going to be coming home in a little bit, and I hope you did the dishes because I'm bringing home two friends. This and- just sounds stressful. <laughs> I hate this. I love it. I love the appearance of just very realistic relationship i um don't <laughs> i would like to continue to uh i don't know text someone who's like uh secretly a vampire and a werewolf and a genie at the same time that's incredible and i have to hide all three of their lives they se- and also they want to flirt with me <laughs> they send you a message and then they're like oh sorry i mistyped there was blood on my key phone <laughs> Oh God, um, but yes. Yeah, so I think that that both of us have have experience in the the visual novel slash dating game slash choose yeah. your own adventure sphere, and we can kind of see that like this whole episode is like Oran High School Host Club ad as it is is basically kind of like an an interesting blueprint for a dating game. Yes, but 
we meet a new character named Renge. Renge. And she's so great. And she comes in and she's like, no, nobody's character is good enough except for Kyoya. Everybody <laughs> needs another dark side except for Kyoya. Nobody is correct here. Right? It's not, nobody is fleshed out enough except for Kyoya. It's, like... it's incredible. She's she's like an author in her own right yes. of just being like, no, you, no, your, your life is incorrect. <laughs> we are going to rewrite your personality to be more interesting. Yes. It's, it's, I think the funniest thing about this is that it is prefaced with, so every episode we kind of fall into this rhythm of we see what the host club is doing today Mm -hmm. and we're encountered with not necessarily a problem they have, but something is brought up that plays into the later plot. So this time what's brought up is this idea that like their merch is not good enough. Yeah. I love that Kilia's like, yeah, those photo albums we mentioned the last episode, these uh-huh. are the pictures. And it's all and super like blurry, blurry and, and amateurish. And he's but like, Renge cre- comes in. Yeah. <laughs> we will create better materials to sell for our club. Oh god. And it's so good because it's not even like she comes in and he's like, This is what we should do. It's literally not mentioned until the end. He's like, <laughs> anyway, all of that footage that she took, uh, I'm using it all as merchandise. And it's yeah. like, of course you are, Kilia. Cause she assigns them these like I guess we would say enhanced tropes. Yes. So it's like, you're not one thing, you're two. Because, yeah, so the host club is set up where there's there's a very, like, kind of direct archetype that you're going yes. for for each boy. Like, if you would like the cute boy, you're going to Honey. Mm-hmm. If you would like strong, silent type, you're going for Mori. Mori. Uh, if you would like mischievous twins who kind of flirt a little bit, uh, <laughs> uh, you go for the twins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You like and Mommy, sh- you go to Takiyo. <laughs> you like Daddy, you go to Tamaki. And if you want to be flirted with in the most smooth and natural way possible. If you want to fuck around and fall in love. Yeah, yeah, then you go for Haruhi. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but she comes in and she's like, nah, this isn't this isn't enough, because everybody has to have a dark side mm-hmm. or a tragic backstory. Which is we'll get into this a little later, yeah. but I find that kind of funny because this show is absolutely kind of like slowly showing us that each of these characters are more than their archetype. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny to see an episode commenting on that, being like, this is a thing that can be done badly. Yeah. (laughs) And there's also a good way to do it, which is what we're doing right now in the series. (laughs) I absolutely adore that idea of just like, "Mm, I'm going to show you a quick non-example. Exactly. So we have Honey, who is, looks cute, but can kill you. Yes. Um... Mori, who I guess uh, looks like can kill you, but can't because I guess he's stupid, is her archetype yeah, for him. Kind of, kind of subservient to Honey. Exactly. Um, Tamaki is uh, a school idol, but very lonely. Lonely prince. Um, mm. The twins are play basketball. They turned into a different anime for a yeah. hot second. And she looks at them, and they have kind of decided in their own archetype that Hikaru kind of takes the top role, and she's mm-hmm. like, nah, 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 do all the way. Come on, guys. Yeah. Obvious. <laughs> if you don't know, then you shouldn't know. Exactly. <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, Kyoya is perfect the way he is. <laughs> yeah. She she assigns sensitivity to him. Yes. And it's so funny, because like, we know that's not it, Chief. Exactly. It's so She good. treats him as though he's already there, and he's like... Mm. Uh, and then Haruhi gets the, you are bullied. Yeah. I guess. Assigned victim. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so very, very interesting. I do love how we transition into this like full-fledged Hollywood production. It's literally. We're filming a movie. It's like after the commercial break bumper, we uh-huh. are full in on now the twins are playing basketball and yes. one of them is injured. And then 
Tamaki's like, I'm jealous of you. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Honey is supposed to be bullying Haruhi, but Honey's like, no, I won't be mean to my friends, even if it's fake. Yeah, and then it's like, cut, cut, there's a yeah. whole film crew. I, I love just, like, the use of the rich people in this episode to be like, yes, we hired an American film crew. To, we're just And they even talk about the episode, they're like, why are we making a movie based on our new characters? Yeah. Because it's the best ten minutes of television you will ever see. It's so good. It's, a, like... I mean, the best part of the episode is definitely that second half because you have the, like, the movie part and then, honestly, the, like, oh, showing you that it is a movie part is also very, very good. Yes. I love every second of it. But we end on this note of Haruhi kind of uh, talks to Renge and is just kind of like, you know, um, don't you want to... Isn't it fun getting to know people, like, little by little, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to having an idea of who they are before which is a very kind of like sweet i i did love that yeah. that line that she had that was just kind of like isn't it more fun to get to know them over time and i was like oh, yeah it's 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 more fun to be surprised by someone than it is to just kind of know their whole deal going yeah. in and then tamaki realizes he messed up because he thought that renge and Har he would be great because then they could be girly together and he mm-hmm. could smile about Har he wearing a dress or whatever he wants <laughs> i love how his, um, his fantasy is so mundane he has like a, a flashback or a dream sequence uh-huh. of Haruhi just plus an alice band he <laughs> literally he literally just wants he do, he doesn't want much <laughs> um but then he messes up because now renge is in love with Haruhi and he accidentally gave his girlfriend a girlfriend yes <laughs> And now he's going to be able to spend even less time with her. Aw, Domiki, silly. Domi. Uh, But yeah, so this is a very fun episode. Renge is a very fun character. Oh, I love characters that just come in and they're like, this is actually my show now? You were mistaken. (laughs) Exactly. Surprise. (laughs) Um... But she also, so yeah, she is visualizing Kyoya. He looks just like this main character in her dating game. Yeah. Um, and she has like all the merch of him in her room. Yeah. And the second she sees a picture of him, she's like, I'm going to marry that man. Yeah. I'm leaving France. She's also, her family is like a, a good like business friends with his mm. family. So when she shows up, he's like, ah, yes, this is business partner, everyone. Mm-hmm. Please be nice. Be nice on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she has... The very interesting thing about this episode for me yes. is the idea of preconception of someone's personality. Uh-huh. Like, there's something that I think... It was just, I'm misquoting and I'm risking sounding like a fool. Yeah. But yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, I think, at one point was like, when you are seeing a character in a movie or mm-hmm. anywhere, you are looking at them through a very tiny lens. And it's like a window into a room, a small window. So you're only seeing what they are at that point, what, where you can see it from. Mm-hmm. So she has this idea of Kyoya based on somebody who looked similar in a dating game. Yes. But it's a similar idea of like, no, I know what you would say. I have decided that you are mm. kind and compassionate. And it was very interesting to me to see the way that she... Uh, it was either Kierkegaard or Dick Van Patten who said, if you label me, you negate me. Oh. And I thought that was an interesting kind of distillate of this episode of if you decide what somebody is, you prevent them from becoming what they are. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I do think, I mean, like, as as somebody who has experienced, like, um, I mean, I, I kind of love to say the whole, like, people are multifaceted. Yes. Because I think that that is a, 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 a buzzword, maybe, but it is definitely a word that works very well in that uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you meet somebody, you're only seeing that side of them, and you have no idea how they might be around other people. You don't know, you know, 
how they act in different situations. And it's important to remember that because I think we do like to throw around the like, oh, if someone isn't genuinely like this one way all the time, then they're fake. Yes. And that's not true. All of us have like, I'm totally different, you know, when I'm hanging out with my family versus my friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that to spite anyone. It's just because these are different people in my yeah. life. So I'm going to have different sides that yeah. shine. And as somebody who like, you know, I've been in positions where I need to be a welcoming face of an organization or just a welcoming face in general because of my role or whatever, mm-hmm. I've been labeled and boxed as like nice probably naive probably stupid and it's one of those things that's like i just kind of immediately hate someone once i know that that's their image of me yes and i'm kind of like damn that sucks you're never gonna see like this other like the rest of me because i've decided that that's how you think i am and that's how it will be to you that is not even an unpopular opinion it is so good to hate somebody for just deciding (laughs) what you are because i don't know if it's just because of our demographic or our age, but like being a college student and telling people, Oh, I am a biology major. I, the the number of times I've literally been in social situations where someone goes, Hey, give me an animal fact. And (laughs) I go, fuck you. (laughs) What do you, I am not the animal planet right now. I am trying to enjoy this social situation. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know how many, I mean, Sometimes I love it because I do love my field and I love to talk about it. But there are definitely times where somebody is just kind of like, oh, hey, tell me linguistics things right now. And I'm like, can I not just like vibe with my friends? Literally. Can I not just hang out? And then, I mean, the worst part is that people will ask me for like my opinion on something and I will tell them and they'll be like, Mm, I don't think that's right. And I'm like, okay, I'll just like take this master's yes. degree and throw it in the trash, I it, guess. It is literally, there are people <laughs> That who... I don't have yet. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> there, there are so many times where I feel like people have put, both of us, we probably have a yes. ton of stories. Yeah. In a, in a no-win situation. It's because we're short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's such a familiar situation yes. of having somebody who meets you in one context, mm-hmm. assuming that you are this way. Yes. And then once you start to get to know that person better and you're like, yeah, you know, I perform, but I am not who I am on stage. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure both of us have the experience of, oh, you do improv? Be funny right now. Oh, and tell me like, a joke. Cool. First okay. of all, you know nothing. You know nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I just watched uh, Game of Thrones very recently, so I, ha- I know all the references now. Haha. <laughs> I only know them from memes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, it really bothered me because I, I struggle dealing with other people's disappointment. So when I have disappointed a stranger Mm -hmm. because I do not live up to the idea that they made themselves for Mm. me, it is a zero sum game. There is nothing I could do other than be myself. Yeah. And there are like, of course, with work, it's a Mm -hmm. situation where I am still myself, but I struggle to be myself because I am in a situation where I am here because I am trying to make money. Yeah. And when I am performing, I am here because I am trying to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I love meeting people at shows, but, like, when we hang out afterwards and they're kind of, like, you ever get the sense that people are auditioning to be, like, the fourth or fifth member of your crew by trying to be real funny? Yes. That's that's tiring. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I do. uh, Oh, man, we're getting getting a little deep on this one. But I I think that this is definitely a deep kind of, this is a, this is, especially, I I feel like we both kind of have similar ideas on this, but... um, it's interesting as a language learner, especially, um, so the linguistics term for me as a Spanish speaker and other people who are similar like this is what you call a heritage speaker. Mm. I often use the word heritage learner because I didn't like fully learn Spanish at home, but people who have a connection to a language um, through family, 
culture, something of the like. Um, it's a whole spectrum. Some heritage speakers like only spoke the language at home and then they didn't really speak it outside. Some of them, uh, like me, didn't really speak it at home, but there were certain words and phrases. So when I learned it, I had like a different perspective of it than people learning it cold. Mm -hmm. But this has led to this idea of like, so I learned Spanish 99% like in a classroom setting. I did like, was around Spanish growing up and there were certain words in my house that were always in Spanish. Like we always called the milk leche and like <laughs> stuff like that. But um, once I started learning Spanish because I had the kind of natural pronunciation because I'd been exposed to it growing up, um, people expected me to know more Spanish than I did. I see. And that turned into like a big scary thing because I was afraid to show people that I did not have the vocabulary they expected me to. I did mm -hmm. not know nearly as much Spanish as they thought I would because when I said a couple of phrases or a couple of words, I sounded great. Or when they heard my dad talk, they would be like, oh, you know Spanish really well. Mm -hmm. And it turns into this scary, like I didn't, exactly what you're saying, I didn't want to prove them wrong and show them that I didn't know as much about this language as it seemed like I did because of my background and because of the kind of like you know people would like hear me say my full name and they'd be like oh my god you're fluent in spanish and i would be like no not really please don't tell me that i'm so scared just talk spanish right now god um or they'd be like say something and i'd be like literally what or my favorite thing people would have a word and they would be like hey what's that in spanish and i have developed a wonderful response to that that is i've never had to use that word before i do not know i've good. literally never once needed to say the word like i don't know like cruise ship in spanish so i do not have that in my vocabulary yeah it's it's such an awful thing mm -hmm. of people i'm just trying to risk of repeating myself here oh, no. but they they negate you because yeah. once somebody has decided what you are and you live in fear of Mm -hmm. stepping outside that box like that's all you can kind of be with them it's limiting yeah and definitely it feels flattering at first that mm -hmm. someone would think highly of me would think that i have this like skill that they don't have mm -hmm. but it is intimidating in the end it just makes me uncomfortable and like you know the same with someone thinking something about you in a job or something it, it feels like a compliment but it ends up being kind of destructive because sure. now I'm like way more scared to speak Spanish than I should be because I've studied for literally like six years. So I should not be this scared, but I still kind of carry that with me. This, this is something that I've sort of realized just from being associated as a STEM major mm -hmm. where people have expectations of that group such that like you are a smart person. Yeah. And anybody who knows me, I am not a clever man. <laughs> smart though. I, I, I heard something recently that I liked and you might appreciate, which is okay. confidence and intelligence is domain specific. Ooh. So I, I have a lot of knowledge about D&D 5th edition <laughs> and I am confident in that arena, but less so with things like science or chemistry, mm -hmm. which I used to major in. Yeah. And so it, it is, you make a good point of saying damaging to have this, this preconceived notion of yourself that... I have to validate the world's opinion of me yeah. or of the groups that I have put myself in. Mm -hmm. And even we both do improv being called like funny. Mm -hmm. Th there are times where I've done something that got an audience laugh and then gotten complimented for it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is not what I wanted to do. That is not something yeah. that I liked. Oh yeah. Or I've, it, yeah. It like wasn't a good improv move. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I get that you enjoyed it, but like from an, from a, an art form, from a technical perspective, it, it's something that I actually am not super proud of. So yeah. I also feel bad that I can't give you the the congratulatory reaction, but like you, 
I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with improv, because nothing is scripted. You literally never know, like, what the audience is going to like and what they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't... It's not like we've practiced these jokes before on people. So we're like, oh, we think this one... Like, we have no idea. And mm-hmm. sometimes you say something and you don't ex- intend it to mean what you said. Yes. But the audience hears something and they're like, ah, and you're like, oh, no. Fantastic. <laughs> it's yeah. very scary. I was thinking a bit about when you mentioned the kind of, like, field knowledge. There's, there's such a difference between talking with people who have... Um, not necessarily like some or more just knowledge of your field and people who have none at all because people who have none at all don't really know where to start. And so they expect you to know everything about the field Mm. and they don't understand that each field is very vast and there are specializations. And also there are certain understandings that once you get into the field, you get these perspectives that people tend to take and, and stuff like that. I don't know how many times people have gotten like, I don't want to say angry, but like almost annoyed because people will ask me like, oh, what's the actual pronunciation of this word? And my response will almost always be, there is no one actual way. There are many ways to pronounce words, you know, different dialects have different things. Like I'm, I'm not here to tell you how language is spoken. And they're like, what's the point of you studying linguistics if you don't know this? And I'm like, the point is that I'm telling you that you're being stupid (laughs) (laughs) and wrong (laughs) and you should be nice. That's so valid. Because, because like, especially I feel like I've gotten similar responses with science. Yeah. It's like the correct answer is to say, I don't know. Based on what we've seen before, this is what I would expect, but Mm -hmm. we don't have the ability to test this. Yeah. So it's, it's literally, the the thing is you can't really give people the answers they want or they find them unsatisfying and Uh that's no fault of yours. Right. But it's also shitty to put the expectation on somebody to be an ambassador for their discipline. Yeah. Like you were saying, like the responsibility of educating you exists now. People ask me like, language like history questions and I'm like I don't study that that is a thing in my field but it's nowhere near what I'm doing (laughs) I I think part of the reason that it bothers me so much and I've talked about you I've talked to you about this before is there there's talked about me to me I do love to tell you how great you are (laughs) so there's this idea that's sort of been floating around with me for years now which is like people will commodify you if you let them and mm. not in like the commercial, like I'm selling this thing sense, yeah. but you will be viewed as an asset based on your domain specific knowledge. Yeah. Like mentioning earlier, like, yeah, tell a joke. It's like, I'm not here for your entertainment. I am an equal participating in this area. Also, that's not even how improv works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to get into this. With you. you don't know, honey, you're a fool. <laughs> but, but even with, uh, there's this thing that happens where I'm like, oh man, I'm struggling in this physics class. Mm-hmm. Or like, God, the electro shit really doesn't click with me. Uh-huh. And somebody like, oh, my boyfriend's an engineer. You can ask him. And I'm like, I'm not going to. And it's no fault of yours. I appreciate that you suggested. But this person who exists and knows these things is not a resource for me to access mm. only because I need them or because I want help. Oh, and yeah. they're completely free to be like, yeah, you know, I actually just kind of got through that portion of my study. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's not really what I'm interested in, but I took the test and I passed it. And it's like, I'm not going to ask that person for help just because, like, they could or because it's mm. what I know of them. Yeah. I mean, I understand that but there's also a part of me that does enjoy that people see me as a resource on that mm. and so like you know because I've, I've had people be like I you know I'm taking this like intro to linguistics class for something and I need help and I'm like yeah I can help I did in fact like I, I know so much more about English grammar than I want to <laughs> and I can help you out <laughs> like so it, it's definitely 
I think it depends a lot on context, mm-hmm. as everything does. Always love context. <laughs> but yeah, because there, there's a big difference between me hanging out with my friends after dinner at a show and them being like, hey, can you help me on this thing? And like me getting a text from a friend that's like, hey, I just wanted to ask your opinion and me being like, yeah, I got some free time. What's up? Tell me. Like, I, lo- I like that we have these two different perspectives of mm-hmm. like context sensitive willingness to help and don't ask me for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I think it's also because, um, especially a field like linguistics, language is something that's very personal to people, mm-hmm. um, which I respect a lot, but at the same time, it's like, please trust that I know about this. Please trust that I have studied this for years and I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times people will be like, I don't think that's true. And I'm like, again, I'll just take this master's degree and like throw it in the tree. People using me for confirmation bias is such a <laughs> kick in the teeth. <laughs> Just because I didn't give you the answer you already thought you knew yeah. doesn't mean I'm any less proficient. I to argue people about research that I have done <laughs> myself. They're like, I don't think that's right. And I'm like, I'll just take the whole project and just throw it out the window. Throw them out the window as well. So Save I, the project. Yeah. Uh, so there is a part of me that like when people are kind of showing, they do respect that knowledge that I have and that they, they would like to learn from me, especially also, you know being teacher mm-hmm. uh, i'm like yeah i will of course thank you <laughs> i love you <laughs> I'll, uh, and that's one of the things that i like about this podcast in general is mm-hmm. that like these conversations we have how many times have we been like yeah we talked about this before off like yeah. but it, it, it really is just like i am talking to kara and it's, yeah. it's not that extra layer of like i am performing yeah. basically or... i am we are uh in the closet talking <laughs> to the microphone again we've yeah. We've, we've reached this setup. It's yeah. a good one. I it's, love it. I love it. Um, all, yeah. that, all that to say that these are some of the harmful lived experiences we've had <laughs> with what Renge is basically doing yeah. by assigning things to these people that make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, honey, I almost called him Momiji. Like, honey. <laughs> They're so similar. <laughs> They're so close. He's, he's, he doesn't even want to perform meanness to his friends. Yeah. And, like, then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where Tamaki's like, I think this kind of works for me. Like, this lonely prince yeah. idea. And he's having fun with the exploration, but, like... It can be bad to just tell people what you think they are or to keep them from moving past that. Even if they're right, I just don't want people to tell me, like, that they know me Mm. more than me. I'm like, I, even if you kind of, like, got it, like, I'm, I don't, don't do that. I am strong, strong defiant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am a wild Mustang and (laughs) you will not break me over your Myers-Briggs personality (laughs) test. Or your NCBI blast inventory or whatever you kids do. The only time I'm okay with it, because I think it's very funny when you use astrology to do that. I <laughs> love nothing more. I know, like, so little about astrology, but I do love to be like, oh, you're a Capricorn? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> very Even good. Even though I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> oh, man. So, one of the the things that happens in this episode mm-hmm. that I thought was super interesting mm. was the twins give like some kind of Japanese confection to Hikaru and to Haruhi? Haruhi. Did I say Hikaru? Yeah. Oh boy. They're just, they're, it's, you know, they're just giving <laughs> each other gifts. <laughs> <laughs> they pass it back and forth. Yeah. But she gets this sweet and she's like, oh, you know, I don't really like sweets, but like this could be my offering to my mom. It was so sweet. And everybody's like, Ooh. and then Tamaki's like, take as many as you want. <laughs> So I thought it would be really fun. I want to give the name of a character. Uh-huh. I'm going to think what their love language is. Uh-huh. And then you tell me and I'll tell you if I agree or not. Okay, okay. So let's start with Tamaki. All right. I... Words of affirmation. God, you're so right. <laughs> I was going to be like, hmm, I don't know. That boy needs praise. 
he will die without it like a fish. Oh, God. Very good. Uh, let's move on to Kyoya. Acts of service. Shit. <laughs> you are on the ball with this. Undeniably accurate. Of course he would. Uh, okay. Should we do the twins separately or together? Do you think they're different? Separately. Okay. Well, I guess you haven't really gotten to engage with them separately, but we, we could still for, for mm. funsies. So let's say Hikaru first. Okay. And that's for people in the audience who might not know and definitely not for me. Is he the top one or the bottom one? <laughs> so in their own uh, world, he's the top. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Hikaru love language. Hikaru. Okay. So this one's more difficult. Uh, uh, maybe quality time. Ooh, that's interesting. I like I this. Like, I like the minor psychology of like, yeah, time spent away from his twin with a single person. Quality. Time. Really quick, because we 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 forgot to make sure we know what they are. Uh. Acts of service, quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch. Fist touch. That's the last one. Yeah. I think. Oh, actually, no. I'm gonna say Hikaru. Physical touch. That was also Kaoru, my guess. quality time. I feel like that is that's <laughs> very accurate. I was also going to say physical touch because they have that moment in the episode where they're like, "Hey, I'm going to touch your face." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to touch your face. I'm going to touch your face. I'm going to touch your face right now. Uh, so that was the twins. Uh, honey. Okay, so, hmm. Ooh, this is a good one. I know what I think it is. Mm. Acts of service. Ooh, that's good. I was going with quality. No, I'm thinking more acts of service. Or, because I was going to say words of affirmation because of the tea thing. Where yeah. Where he like, spills the tea. Yeah. And then well, the he probably he might have like a tie there, yeah. you know. And not everyone has more than one love Yeah. It's all fake anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I agree with you on that one. You've swayed me. And then more. Just because I think of like the whole like you know there's there's the um, actually we haven't got into some of the things that make me think why so I'll, I'll let you discover. Interesting. <laughs> if I come back into episodes and I'm like she's so right. <laughs> uh, Mori. Mori. Mm. <laughs> I think for Mori. Quality time. Quality time. Quality yep. time. <laughs> He's like a fixture of the room. Yeah. He likes it when other people are around. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Haruhi. Gift. This is probably the character that I know the most about, so I'm also having the hardest time figuring out. Gift. Really? Maybe. Cause I, I, I don't know. Because, uh, actually, yeah, now I kind of want to think about it more. I, I could see an argument for quality time, like mm -hmm. spending time together, um, but at the same time, she doesn't seem to uh, have difference between the members that she sees all the time, which are the twins, and the members that she doesn't mm -hmm. see that often. Um, not words of affirmation. No. She's not a, she's words not a cheap. tell me I'm cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could see argument for acts of service, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, how are you kind of independent? Like, how are you doing yeah. herself? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's physical touch, though. No, I don't think either. So I, I want to say quality time is is feeling strong to me right now. Quality, I think I would agree with quality time. And gifts, maybe a little. But I don't think it's like the, it's it's the, you know, like I, I got you this thing because it made me think of you. Like that mm -hmm. kind of, those kind of Like gifts. sentimentality over yeah. practicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big 
gifts. Like, I love mm-hmm. sentimental gifts. I have so many boxes of, like, theater mementos yeah. and, like, my shelf full of cards and stuff. I I like gifts. I think I like giving sentimental gifts mm. more. I really love giving sentimental gifts. But I do love receiving sentimental gifts a lot. But I, my biggest is words of affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, and then I guess Renge's love language would just be absolute control and dominion over human life. <laughs> Being a top. <laughs> I love being a top. <laughs> oh man, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cast, we did it. Even though this whole thing was about not putting labels on people, we've done it. Uh, oh no! Whoopsie! Uh oh! <laughs> you ever defeat your own point? Whoopsie! <laughs> we literally just spent so long talking about how it's been like harmful to us in the past, and then we went, and so now let's give a label to each character. Hey, you know what they say: hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. So, also in this episode, and we've seen it a little bit before, but I kind of didn't recognize it until you pointed it out this time. Yes. We have big savior moment trope. We do. So, before we kind of had the subverted big savior with Mm. the the pervert, but he's not a pervert and like that. But this time we kind of had like the actual kind of subverted a little bit because of like what happened yes. afterwards but at the same time it was like there was a threat posed to Haruhi mm-hmm. Tamaki swept in as to um, well first it started with threat posed to Renge yes. Haruhi sweeps in to help Renge mm-hmm. but then threat posed to Haruhi Tamaki sweeps in and so we kind of got like a cool double save. I actually really like the 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 identification of the double moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, are we talking about Renge and Haruhi, or are we talking about Haruhi and Tamaki? And I I very much love that idea of just like increasingly larger boyfriends coming in <laughs> to protect someone precious. Yeah. All we were missing was someone does something to Tamaki, and then, and then Mori. Mori comes in. <laughs> exactly. We should have started with Honey and worked our way up. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's played like. I, I say I didn't recognize it because it's been done way worse. Like, there's a lot of, yes. like, white knight, savior, honesty kind of moments in these yes. shows. But in this time, it's played really sincerely, and mm-hmm. they make you think that uh, Haruhi is crying. And yeah. Tamaki, seeing that, gets very emotional. Yeah. And then he, it, we kind of subvert even the, the tenderness of it by having it be like, oh, my contact. <laughs> it was irritating my eye. I wasn't crying. I was okay. And then they laugh about it, which yeah. is just very good and real. You know. <laughs> It was, but it was good. We also have, so with the the whole character assignment, mm-hmm. we have this kind of like, not quite the tragic backstory trope because they're not real, but yes. definitely like played up the like every, because every character couldn't just be what they were. They had mm-hmm. to have this darker side, you something had, that was happening. You had to have an edge to you. And I find this really interesting because as we... You know, we'll watch more. As we're watching the show, we're only on episode four, but we get to know more of the characters little by little, and we see that they are multifaceted. They have many sides to them. Um, And it's kind of interesting to note that, like, the idea of people being more than meets the eye can be done poorly, and it manifests in this, like, tragic backstory. Mm -hmm. I had parents, and they were killed, and then people adopted me, and they were killed, and then I made (laughs) friends, and I called them mom and dad, and they were killed. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, um, but it can also be done in a in a very real kind of like humanizing way. Yeah, I I feel like this is this is probably the episode that I think capitalizes on the thesis statement of the show a lot, which is mm-hmm. like we know the rules enough to break them. Yes, and we've we've seen very little so far of some of the other characters' personalities, but 
the idea of them being multifaceted. And your example was perfect. Thank you. Because it's like so many times in bad media, there's a one-to-one correlation between a, a pattern of behavior in a single traumatic event yes. or a life experience or whatever. You know, you're 12 and make your first OC and you're like, well, obviously the parents can't be there. Yes. Everybody knows that a cool character has dead parents. Exactly. <laughs> Disney told me so. Exactly. And, and so it's, it's super interesting to see because we are... We are not even told up front, like, this is going to be a show about seeing mm-hmm. multifaceted people where you once saw tropes. Yes. It is being slowly revealed in a way that mirrors the way in real life you would get to know someone better and realize, hey, they yeah. are not just a dispensary for animal or linguistic facts. <laughs> they are, in fact, a person with emotions whose worth is not dependent on what they are able to render to you at any given moment. We're getting so meta right now because also, like, through this podcast, it's like, oh, you're getting to know Karen Jaren. And it's like, we're really in right now. <laughs> I I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. I used to watch podcasts and be like, yeah, you know, it, like, I feel like if I ever met somebody, I would be like, oh, this one episode where you said this thing is so funny. Oh, no. And if somebody that to me, I'd be like, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think, honestly, I actually have had people be like, oh, you made this joke. And I'm like, I did? What? Oh, it wasn't one of the standouts for me, but I mean, it was for them. It's, it's no red bean milk tea emperor yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one's so good. <laughs> oh. Oh man. So yeah, this this episode while um surface level like one of the most I think over the top like mm. silly fun that we've had. Yeah. Really touched at something uh deeper, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it got us talking. It opens up this well of reexamining the way that you think of other people, mm. which is very ambitious for a show to do, to make yeah. you try and reconsider the way you impose labels on people in your everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in like 20 minutes. <laughs> and half of those were a movie parody yeah. of an alternate universe edgy version of the boys. And the other half were uh, them talking about how they're fake crying because girls love it when boy cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. We do love it. <laughs> Um, uh, I do have to say my favorite part is at, at the end where Renge is like, screw Kyoya, I'm in love with Haruhi now. And oh, I was yeah. like, you better be. You better be. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows. No everybody contest. falls for Haruhi in the end. <laughs> Even Haruhi. It's inevitable. Whoa. <laughs> Aw, I like Aww. that. You're welcome. It was supposed <laughs> to be a joke, but I'm glad you thought it was like cute because now I think it's cute. And now, Hopefully now. we will all learn to fall in love with, kiss, kiss, fall in love with ourselves yes, 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 at yes, the yes. end of the show. Please. Speaking of the end of the show... Oh my god, we did it! <laughs> uh, it's time for my prediction. That's right. What do you think is going to happen next time on Kiss Kiss Fall in Love? I feel really strongly that we need not specifically a beach episode, mm-hmm. but a rich people pool episode. Oh, of course. They have so much money. Yeah. That's what that's what the rich people setting can lend to the beach episode trope. That's good. That is more... Spe- are you, you know, you're gambling again because you're getting more specific <laughs> than the beach day. I you're feel narrowing like your choices. It, honestly, it's a safer bet than you think because I know that there's going to be a beach episode in one of these 26 uh-huh. and we're already three down. So we might as well. So, you know, you got the better... You mean, uh... Four down. down. You're right. Wow. So, I mean, I'm taking I'm taking a one in blackjack odds, pretty okay. much. You gotta catch him. <laughs> oh. Uh, 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 there is a K-pop group called 21, and their fans were called blackjacks, so. That's pretty cool. Right? Isn't that a good one? What should our fans be called? Um, you know, um, um. Kissers. No, they shouldn't be called that. Kiss Army is already taken. Yeah. <laughs> JK, 
Just kidding. <laughs> also, just kiss. Just kiss. Also, Jaren and Kara. J- oh! oh my god, we're so good at this. We are very good at branding. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So pool day. I'll mark you. I'll mark you down for pool day. School day, pool day. Yeah. School day, pool day. Yeah. That's true. We did not get school day this time, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe later. We'll see. Will there be a pool day? Will Jaren be right? Will anybody kiss? <laughs> Will Maury speak? Maury spoke a lot this episode. For him, yeah. Yeah, like three lines. Very which good. Which is like way more than usual. It was... I hope he got a per episode rate and not a per line rate for voice he acting. <laughs> I love him so much. He's worth your love. He's worth it. Moriel. Moriel. Because I'm worth it. Oh, <laughs> All right, and on that note, we will see you guys next week with episode five of Oran High School Host Club. Tune in to catch all the juicy deets. Catch the deets, don't drop them. I mean, don't drop them. Slippy deets. Slippy, they're so they're so slippery. Because we're at the pool. Yep, exactly. Yes, one hundred. Yep, yep. Okay, Viola, you think you're listening?